Welcome to the Carrie Fuquay and Apex Pediatric Podcast, a space where we help you navigate the complex world of being a parent. Join our community and our host, Dr. Hope Seidel. We're so grateful you're here. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Seidel. I am super excited about our podcast today. We are going to talk about food. If you guys are anything like me, you've been eating yourself to death. I've never been hungrier lately. Um, and I want to introduce you to Zainab Wu, who is our nutritionist in our offices. And she also works for uh, New Leaf Counseling, um, specializing in eating disorders, but also in general about healthful eating. And today we're going to talk together about a lot of topics around eating with our children. Dana, thank you for being here with me. I'm so thrilled to have you with me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. I um, know that it's not going to surprise you that uh, there's a lot of hilarious memes going on the internet around people before and after the pandemic. And yeah. <laughs> one of the things we wrestle with a lot with our kids in general is just making sure that they have healthy choices at home. And now that we're going to the grocery store and buying everything in sight because we think we're never going to be able to get there again. And also uh, trying to create lots more meals than we ever have when our kids are in school full time. Our parents are having a lot of questions and struggles around food. And so I'm hopeful you can shed some light on a couple of topics for us. Yeah, I'd love to. So this has been something coming up a lot in my one-on-one -on -one sessions. We're all trying to abide by social distancing. We're all trying to limit how much exposure we're going to the store. So inevitably when we go to the store, we're buying a lot more. And the best thing I can recommend doing first and foremost is trying to get some kind of menu plan together before you go with alternatives. Because obviously we might say something like chicken is on the list and then you get to the store and it looks like there's no chicken there. Uh, so you kind of have to be quick on your feet about it. But if you can come up with a plan and rotate meals and snacks, and then when you come home after you've obviously disinfected and got everything put away, my recommendation is actually to look at what you have inventory wise and put things in boxes for each week. So if you're buying three weeks worth of chips or crackers or juice boxes or whatever your kids really love, try to store them in the freezer. You can put rubber bands around things just so you know, especially if you have older kids who who tend to just grab whatever they want, it's kind of a good message to say, hey, when these are all out, they're all out and we've got nothing left. So this gives you some way to kind of pace what you're using and keep things in balance so that you're not always grabbing those quick convenient snacks because they're there. That's my biggest tip that I've been telling people. The other one is, you know, since we are being more aware of cleaning things, I've I've been in this habit for a really long time, but when I get back from the store, I empty out all my contained fruits and vegetables that I bought. I wash them all. I lay them all out on mats in the kitchen and let them air dry. And then I put them back in open in the fridge so that they're cleaned and ready to go for quick snacking because otherwise we are going to go to the pantry and grab those shelf stable things and we're not going to grab the produce and it goes bad. Yeah. I sometimes even will put it in a clear container with like a paper towel under it because that sometimes will keep it fresh a little bit longer. And sometimes it'll keep things that I'm trying to store to snack on that 
typically are more, you know, are perishable, um, easy for snacking longer periods of time. So I love that. I wish you would have told me that like three weeks ago when I ate all the things in my pantry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it, you, I mean, that would have been helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's probably our best. Also a really good tip to use when you have menu plans is my go-to is using all my fresh produce first and I keep all my freezer produce as backup. So if I'm not able to get back to the store, then I have frozen broccoli to do a stir fry with, but I use everything fresh before I go to my freezer for the frozen stuff. What are you telling your friends in your office about treats? Because I think now we tend to want to gravitate towards comfort foods or or special foods because everyone's sad or um, like today I brought home an Easter cupcake for my kids that I never would typically do. We don't even celebrate Easter, so I don't even know why I did that. But anyway, um, just bringing things in because it's bad for them um, because they're home all the time. So could you speak a little bit to that and, and ways in which parents can... Um, be mindful about that or substitute things that are better for their kids? Yeah. So I like to call treats sometimes foods. We have always foods and we have sometimes foods. And for the sometimes foods, I think the best way to look at it is one, kind of stick to your schedules. If you guys are a family who typically eat sweets a couple times a week, then that's what you stick to. And this is actually a great time instead of buying cookies or buying cupcakes or buying candy, try to make it, get in the kitchen, have fun, actually, you know, blend butter and flour and make something. You can also experiment with different recipes that might use um, nuts or nut flours to get higher fiber or higher protein in the baked goods that you're making, if that's something you're into. But realistically, take that time to bring them in and also get your kids involved with making it. And I try always to come up with, yes, we're kind of looking for more comfort foods. We are sometimes feeling a little bit more emotional, which changes our appetite and our cravings. So really tuning in with where is that coming from? And is there something else we can do? Not that it's wrong to indulge in treats. It's not. That's part of normal, healthy eating that's balanced. But looking at why am I wanting this right now and seeing what you can do. One of the things that I think is helping our families a lot is that, especially because the weather's been great and people are feeling so stir crazy, I think the activity level for our kids has been insane compared to usual. I know there are plenty that are sitting in front of the television, but I'm really proud of how many of our families are getting out. And I think that also sometimes can increase hunger more than usual. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, I know my own daughter has been telling me that she's hungrier than normal lately, but we've also been out most of the day so that big one I think is also making sure that you're having the balanced meals before if you realize that a lot of those snacks that you've had earlier in the day are quick digesting carbs you're going to need some more fiber you're going to need some more protein and fat otherwise we are going to turn to those sweets because when our energy levels start to dip when we get hungry our body's first instinct is to tell us we need energy now and where energy now is quick digesting carbs. So that, that's exactly what we're going for. So it's just kind of understanding why our body's giving us those signs and what we can do to help our bodies out. Tell me a little bit about, um, about 
I love your idea about cooking. We talked about that in one of my other podcasts when we were talking about chores and letting your kids touch and feel and experience food, everything from math to cooperation. And there's so many lessons in cooking in general. And I know you're going to give me um, a sheet on some healthy snack ideas that we're going to link to this podcast. But I'm wondering if you have, for, you know, some of us aren't really good cooks. Like it's just not our thing. We don't even like it. We didn't like it when we weren't quarantined. And so... What are some um, pitfalls that parents get into when they're going to the store trying to get meals when they really haven't um, done a ton of cooking to begin with that aren't ideal choices that they might want to substitute? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is somehow we get wrapped up that cooking has to be this from scratch endeavor. And it doesn't have to be. You can buy rotisserie chickens or pre-made frozen burgers and um, already cut up vegetables. So I think the biggest things I tell people when you're looking at cooking is keep it really simple and don't try to make it something it doesn't have to be. It's not supposed to be time intensive for everybody. Uh, so try that, but also look at the basics. You want to make sure you have your food groups covered. So you want protein, you want carb, you want fat, and you want fruit or vegetable and or depending on that meal that you're looking for in each meal. So that could easily be canned chicken made into a chicken salad with whole wheat bread, lettuce, and tomato to make sandwiches. Mm -hmm. um, it could also easily be a pre-made burger patty and a bun and some green beans, uh, some cheese on your burger. So it doesn't have to be so difficult as long as you're looking at putting things together. Think of cooking as just being in the kitchen and putting things in a bowl or a plate instead of making a brand new recipe from scratch from Food Network which is fun. It is fun. Um, you know, I think that is a lot of what we do in my house, but that's just because I enjoy cooking. For those who don't enjoy cooking, you don't have to make it a chore because then you're really going to hate it. And that makes it not fun for anybody. Some of the things that I think about when my parents are getting quick foods that they don't like to cook is paying attention a little bit, not only to sugar, which is not as big of a deal often in dinner time, but to salt. And a lot of prepackaged uh, foods have a fair amount of salt in them. And, um, and then the other thing um, that I would just uh, repeat again, if you could, because I have a lot of parents saying to me, um, I can't afford to go to the store all the time, or I can't afford to have fresh things all the time, and I'm getting a ton of stuff at once, or I need to keep going back a lot of times because my family is used to eating certain foods. And so I just want to talk a little bit about the flexibility during a pandemic with food, because I think our groceries are so available right now, even though we're asking our families to stay at home, that it's kind of a disconnect, right? I think parents are buying more in some ways because they're not which is good and at the same time the the choices and volume are so different is that something happening in your office or did I just make that up oh it definitely is what I've usually recommended that parents do is have everybody in the family write a list of what they'd love to have just their loves what would you like to have on hand and and then you as the parent get to make that executive decision. It's not your job to have every single option available at every time. Yeah. And so look, look at what you can swing, what you can afford, what there is available. And when you run out of those, 
it's okay to just have foods that we don't prefer. We don't have to have everything we love all the time. Food is nourishment for our body first and foremost. And we love it and it tastes wonderful and it's fun. But if things are getting really rough and you really don't have the funds or you don't have the means to buy it all or store it, then we get down to the things that people don't love just because that's what we need. Um, something I've been recommending. The other thing that I've come into with flexibility is also saying there has been a lot of stress over, well, what if I don't have things fresh? And what if I have to use frozen chicken and I'm not used to buying frozen chicken? I get that. But right now at the end of the day, it's back to those basics of protein, carb, fat, produce. If that produce is frozen, no problem. If that chicken's frozen, that's okay. If you're buying beans and you typically buy the no salt added and they don't have those, just rinse them, rinse them when you get them. So we have to be a little bit more flexible right now, just because, you know, while food is readily available and we're very lucky to be in a society that has that, people are buying in excess at the moment just because they're scared, which I understand, but it makes kind of a trickle effect where grocery stores are out of many things. Um, so it's okay to, not get your favorite. Coming from um, a background with um, managing the difficulties around eating disorders and also knowing how powerful uh, the dynamic around eating in a family can be to the whole family structure, can you talk a little bit, we didn't talk about talking about this, but I'm just kind of wondering how to support parents around the no around eating in a way that is a healthy way to describe it so that they're not constantly arguing about going into the pantry, that they're modeling the right behavior for themselves, and they're not giving their kids a complex all the time about um, how much they're eating. Great question. The biggest thing that I find effective is for families to try to keep somewhat of a schedule and somewhat of a structure. So that might be a little different now, especially if you have high school kids who are staying up late and sleeping in late, or if you as parents are able to do that too. But keeping it so that you're eating a meal and snack basically every three or four hours. So within an hour of waking is ideal, and then every three to four hours after that. So I think modeling that is important. And if you're noticing all of a sudden more and more snacks are gone and grazing is happening more and more, I think it's a fine time to have the conversation of, you know, hey, let's talk and see how we're feeling. Are you feeling hungrier than normal? Do we need to add more protein or fat into our meal or fiber to make sure that you're staying full? Are we having enough fluids to make sure we're hydrated? Those are some conversations I have. The other is, I think a piece is really the emotion behind it. Right now is highly emotional, high anxiety, high stress, increase in depression. That's especially true for eating disorders. Um, seeing an increase in anxiety around this entire situation and people being home more. So it's important to understand that not all hunger is physical hunger. Some of it is an emotional thing. And a good way to tell the difference is, this isn't foolproof for everybody, but in general, a good way to tell is if you're really truly physically hungry, you'll eat most items, right? If we're emotionally hungry, it tends to be a pinpointed craving for something. It's very specific and um, nothing else will really cut it. And Another thing is tending to know yourself and say, you know, 
in times of stress, do I notice that I crave saltier things or sweeter things? Maybe in times of stress, I actually don't have an appetite at all. My emotions are so strong that I don't eat. So maybe parents are picking up on kids who just don't have an appetite at all. They're not maybe as active or they're just too stressed and anxious to feel hungry. So just observing that and having conversations about what our emotions are like and how that can affect what we feel physically. I love that. I love that. I forgot about the non-eaters too. I never have that problem, but that definitely is a thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, I see this a lot in in my practice and it's just, we forget that. We forget the anxiety can really take away hunger. Depression can take away hunger. And then before we know it, we haven't eaten all day and we feel terrible. Our bodies just don't like that. One of the things that I just want to echo, and then I want to know if you have any other closing things that I didn't ask about, is that to me, out of all of the things we're seeing, our relationship with food during this time is such an amazing opportunity in this pandemic. It's family time around the table practicing, which our parents really wrestle with. It is cooking together time. It doesn't ha- it, For some families, it's finding new recipes and things that they're willing to eat. Others, it's being creative with what they can afford and finding out things that, um, that are delicious that they didn't even consider putting together. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a great time to be grateful around food. Our, we're so busy stuffing our kids with foods in between activities, typically, that I imagine it's uncomfortable for some parents, but also um, an exciting time, I'm hoping, too. Yeah, I think the only thing that maybe I would touch on is just echoing that is this this is a really amazing opportunity for self-care. We do live generally such go, 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 isolated lifestyles at times. And so this is a really great time to slow down, sit down, have a balanced meal, actually be mindful when you're eating, um, even be in tune with how our bodies handle different situations. Are we people who, who tend to eat when we're stressed or are we people who tend to not eat when we're stressed? And having those conversations at home and really getting back on track with eating balanced meals so that when life gets back to its normal, we've spent a few solid weeks, I don't, potentially longer, um, eating balanced and slowing down and listening to what our bodies are telling us because they always know best. We just don't always listen. I love that. I think our, our family's experiences around food, both culturally and, uh, and fiscally, is so different. I'd love to have everybody, after this podcast, if you end up having any questions specifically for her or for our practice that you want us to cover, I wonder if you'd be willing to come back another time or do a Facebook Live with me and just specifically answer some um, questions if parents have them that we didn't touch on in this brief podcast. Will you do that for me? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I'm going to, um, I'm going to link the healthy snack, uh, sheet that Zaina put together for me onto our podcast. It will also be on our website. Of course, she's in our office all the time and is doing, I think you're doing telehealth both at your office and ours now, right? I am. So if anybody is really wrestling with concerns or needs, um, you can call our office and we can make a connection for you from availability standpoint, no problem. And, and she can call you personally from our office. And then if you guys have any other specific questions as we move into the next couple of weeks, at least of this incredibly different time, please PM um, and not PM, please put a little um, note onto our, our uh, show notes and then I'll know exactly what we should cover for your interest next time. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for having me. You're awesome. I appreciate it. Stay safe and stay home.